For those that was here this morning and heard the message that Brother Richard preached, what a fantastic message. What a fantastic person Brother Richard is. He learned me a lot this morning that I did not know in that scripture. The names especially and what they meant, those things like that. Uh, I'm glad that God gives some the wisdom to figure all that stuff out. In Luke chapter number 22, verse number 31, And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. When thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. Now look at this next verse. And he said unto him, Lord, I am ready to go with thee, both into prison and to death. And he said, I tell thee, Peter, the cock shall not crow this day before that thou hast thrice denied that thou knowest me. Are you with me? Say amen. Father, thank you for the opportunity here tonight to stand. Thank you for the word of God to help us and lead us and guide us and direct us. Thank you for men like Terry Gardner, like Chris Heiss, Lord, like Brother Richard Cole. These other men of God, Lord, it helps us to understand the word of God and the spirit of God be in this place to search us. Touch us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I hope and pray this morning that you totally understood the message that the brother was preaching to us and how that our past ties to our future. A lot of people don't understand because of things that's happened in the past is why we're here at this present time. Good or bad. I thought about as Brother Richard was preaching this morning how they made the choice to leave. How they made the choice to stay. And they made the choice to go back. And I got to thinking about Peter here. And I got to thinking about how that Peter said, if you look there in verse 33, and he said unto him, first of all, he said, Lord. He put God where he belonged in his life. Lord, is he the Lord of your life? And I thought about it as Richard was preaching there this morning had Ruth and Naomi and them all forgot what was at the house of God? I thought about it as Naomi was there by herself. Her husband had died or her boys had died and there she had two daughter-in-laws left. And then she began to remember and she heard there was bread at the house of God again. And I thought about as I looked at that scripture and Peter said, Lord, is he truly Lord of your life? Is he truly Lord of your life? 
Now you think about what he's saying here and what's fixing to transpire. You know the story. You know you've been in church long enough. You know what's happening in this story. But Peter said, Lord. He put him in the right place. Now notice what he said next. I am. I am. Well, there ain't nobody getting it but me, evidently. He said, Lord, I got you in the right place. And he said, I am. And what's the next word? Ready. <laughs> church, are we ready? Now, I want to say this tonight to the church, and you'll understand more about what I'm preaching tonight. We were not ready for COVID. America was not ready for COVID. The church was not ready for COVID. We ran and hid when we should have been on our prayer bones. We ran because the government said to, and we never even really sought the face of God to say, Lord, I'm ready. Now let me say this tonight. This man was making a statement here that most of us had said one time or another. Lord, I am ready. How many's not said that? Raise your hand. Because I know most of us said that. Lord, I am ready. I'm saved. I'm ready to go. And how many of us have said, Lord, I'm wanting to go. Lord, I'm willing. Lord, I'm ready today. And Peter was saying, Lord, I'm ready. Can I say this? Boy, the church wasn't ready for COVID, was it? The people of God wasn't ready for COVID. So how are we going to be ready for the rapture? Let me go back to when I got saved in 1987 with my knees up on the dash of a 69 Chevrolet truck on my way to Charlotte, North Carolina to work on the railroad and I'm almost asleep. And my boss man whispers so softly, you might ought to wake up, you might have to drive. The rapture might happen and I won't be here. You think you can go to sleep and you lost? And all of a sudden you're thinking, ain't nobody going to be driving this truck? We're going down the interstate at 75 miles an hour? That works on your mind. He never got excited. He said, oh, by the way, a plane might fall out of the sky because the pilot's gone too. Little things like that. What is he saying? He was saying to old Dennis, Dennis, are you ready? Are you really ready for the coming of the Lord? Let me tell you something that's going to happen, Dennis. Dennis, there may not be nobody driving this truck. (laughs) I knew he went to Antioch Baptist Church. I knew he claimed Jesus as Lord and Savior. And he was telling me, I'm ready, are you? Said Peter said, Lord, I am ready. 
Church, are we really ready for the next round? Are we really ready for what's ahead of us? You say, preacher, you're scaring me to death. I hope I scare you straight. Remember that old saying years ago, scared straight. They took them children into prison and into jails and scared them straight. Amen. Let them get a little dose of reality. Lord, I am ready, Peter said. Then what did he say? Some of you pray with him. He said, I'm ready to go. (laughs) Wait a minute now. If we're ready to go, how come the preacher has to beg us to sing? Woo! I see two or three froze. Is everybody froze? <laughs> Let me check. I don't want to preach to a bunch of popsicles. Well, you ought to be froze. Because it's just right for me. I don't know who said it, but it's just right for me. And you know, if I'm just right, the rest of them are froze. Let, let me ask you a question. Are you ready for the deep freeze? <laughs> hey, that's where we're all headed, ain't it? One of these days, if the Lord don't come rapture us all out, we're going up here and they're going to put us in the deep freeze for a day or two. Then they're going to lay our bodies out. And when the preacher looks over your body, can he honestly say he was ready? Peter said, Lord... I am ready to go. My answer in advance is, my answer in advance is, come on church, you can do better than that. My answer in advance is, all right, that sounds more like you're really ready. When you say yes, that don't mean you're ready. That's like your daddy's fixing to whoop you if you don't hold the corn. Yeah, Daddy. You ain't really ready to do it, but you're going to do it so he don't whip you, right? But when we answer eagerly, Peter's answering answering this question eagerly, Lord, I'm ready to go. (laughs) I'm going to hurt some feelings. I'll get the ice cream man up next week. Lord, I'd like to be used. Let, let me ask that question. How many ever said that? Lord, I'd like to be used by you. Raise your hand. I want to see it. If you've ever given the Lord any inkling, Lord, I'd like to be used by you. Then the preacher says, can I get a volunteer? If it ain't going to put my name in lights, preacher, I don't want to do it. If I can't get a plaque with my name on it, I ain't going to do it, preacher. Then you're not ready. You're not willing. Peter said, Lord, I'm ready to go. (laughs) Can I finish that out in Baptist terminology and you understand it? Uh, Lord, I'm really ready to go, but I ain't going to Jamaica. Lord, I'm really ready to go, but I'm not going witnessing. Lord, I'm really ready to go, but I ain't handed out none of them gospel tracts. Lord, I'm really ready to go, but I'm not going up here to the hospital next Saturday and pray. 
Lord, I'm really ready to go. I'm eager to go. But I like pray about this thing. There's some things you don't have to pray about. I have to pray about what I'm going to preach. But I don't have to pray about preaching. I've been called to do that. I've been sent to do that. Amen. And it's embedded in me to do that. I have to search the scriptures and ask the Lord what to give this congregation. But I don't have to ask the Lord about preaching to these people. Peter said, I am ready to go. And the Baptist said, as long as it profited me. And most church folks said, as long as I get recognition. I want to say this tonight, and that's one of the first troubles I had in church. I was going to preach that Sunday night. And a certain person come to me and said, uh, they have not, and I'm a young Christian. I'm talking about, I ain't been saved three or four weeks now. And she said, they have not recognized my son. And whatever it was, it's been too long for me to remember. Said, would you recognize it from the pulpit tonight? And I said, well, sure. And after I did it, I got to thinking, she wasn't wanting him to be recognized. She wanted to be recognized as the mother of him. Are you understanding what I'm trying to say? And I, and I scratched my head because this, this person that actually done the thing had never asked nobody for nothing about it. But the mama had to put the boy in the limelight. So mama could be bragged on, that's my boy. Are you one of those here tonight? That you'll do it, you'll go, you'll stand up as long as somebody will brag on you. Can I tell you, and Brother Terry, you boys help me if I'm wrong. You think every message I've preached has been received well? (laughs) I've had people wanted to choke me. Shoot me, stab me, bow up in front of me and say, you're not my pastor. Yeah. It's not always received. Well, Peter said, Lord, I am ready to go. Now he's trying to, (laughs) if you will, look big in the moment. He's wanting to be recognized as macho in the moment. Lord, I'm ready to go. Now notice what he's saying. With thee. Lord, I'm not just going, I'm going with you. There ain't a thing wrong with that, are there? Lord, wherever you go, I'll go. Now stay with me. Both into prison and to death. Prison. A place of confinement, a place of lockup, a place where your privileges are taken away. Peter was saying, Lord, if they even take my privileges away and I can't go nowhere, I'm willing to go with you. Are we not almost in that moment right now? 
I like the way Brother Richard put it this morning about the shot or no shot, mask or no mask. That's separating our country right now. Peter said, Lord, I'm willing to go to prison with you or to death with you. He's making a bold statement in himself. Let me me say this. He probably meant it at that moment. He really probably meant it at that very moment. You say, preacher, whatever you want me to do, I'll help you do it. And you probably meant it at that moment. But the old flesh, when it's called upon, sometimes is weak. Sometimes we get a good case of the lazies. Can I say this also? Sometimes you feel like you're just not needed. Uh. <laughs> Listen, if a bunch of misfits can do that work out there in two days, we can use you. Amen. We need some toting bailers. Amen. Somebody to tote it and somebody to bail it. i tell you one of the biggest things in a project like that, and Terry agree with me, I know, is somebody to clean up the mess that me and him already made. Because the time we make the mess, we're so killed, we don't feel like cleaning it up. Amen. Amen. You say, preacher, I'm ready to go. Jesus, I'm ready to go. Church, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go into prison with you. Now stay with me. I want to tie this thing around here in a circle. Lord, I'm ready to be confined with you. Stay with me. Lord, I'm ready for my worldly privileges to be taken away and be confined with you. I'm ready to go to prison. You know what they do in prison? They tell you what to do, when to do, and how to do. Hello? You get up at a certain time, you got a certain time to eat, you got a certain time to take a bath, you got a certain time to go out in the yard, you got a certain time to go to bed. Your privileges are taken away. He's saying, Lord, I'm ready to go into prison with you. We can't even go to church. We can't show up for Sunday school. We can't show up for revivals and Bible schools. (laughs) Lord, help me get this right so I don't kill them. Why don't y'all do something for the children? We're having a hayride. I ain't coming. Wonder why they don't ever do nothing for the children down there. We're going up here and sing at Walmart. I ain't coming. So what you're really saying is, preacher, if you're not going to take them to somewhere like Six Flags or some stupid something, I'm not interested. If we're not going to go into the world and do some worldly things, I don't want to go. Peter said, I'll get locked up with you, God. Put me in prison with you. Take my privileges. And by the way, church, they're taking our privileges. It's already on the books. It's a law that you cannot tell nobody they're going to hell. Ain't that sad? 
That's sad. A lot of states have done past that law. It's against the law to tell somebody point blank they're going to hell. So what they're saying is uh, you can't tell the drunk by the word of God that he cannot enter the kingdom of God. You can't tell a homosexual that he cannot go to heaven because of his lifestyle. Are you ready to be locked up with Jesus? Because when you're locked up with Jesus, you're at 100% agreement. Lord, where you go, I'll go. What you do, I'll do. What you say, I'll say. When you do it, I'll do it. Lord, I'm ready. Lord, I'm ready to go. Lord, I'm ready to go to prison. Are you really ready to go? (laughs) I want you to see a couple of things and I'll close this message. He said unto him, Lord, I'm ready to go with thee. Does that make any sense to you? Now, I want to say this to the church. Church, I hope we never go anywhere without Jesus. I hope and pray everything that's done in this church is done for the glory of God. That we never get sidetracked, as Brother Richard said this morning, with sideshows and black lights and flashing lights and boom boxes and all of this other stuff. Oh, you got to keep up with the time. No, no, no. I want to go with Jesus. If the Holy Ghost can't get them in and get them saved, they'll never be saved, they'll never stay saved, and they'll never have power to overcome because it only comes when you go with Jesus. But we want to get sidetracked. Now Peter's making a statement here. Lord, I'm ready to go. Lord, not only am I ready to go, I'm ready to go with thee. Not only that, but Lord, I'm ready to go to prison with you. (laughs) Reminds me of that song, Lock Me Up in a Prison and Throw Away the Key. We can't get you to church with him. How are you going to go to prison with him? I can't get you to open your Bible. How are you going to go to prison with him? I can't get you on your prayer bones praying one for another. We've got a list of prayer needs up here. And you say you don't have nothing to pray about? Now let me put this a little sharper. You say you don't have time to pray? No, you just don't see the need of prayer. You can pray standing up. You can pray diving down the road, laying in your bed. You can pray without ceasing. It ought to be continually on our mind to be in prayer for somebody. Everything just like Brother Richard preaching this morning brought this scripture to my mind. When we hear something, it ought to bring somebody to our mind that needs prayer. Our church needs prayer. Our country needs prayer. Families where death has come, they need prayer. Lord, I'm ready to go. Lord, I'm ready to go with thee. I'm ready to go to prison. Now let me say the last one. Lord, I'm ready to go die with you. 
Can I help somebody tonight, please? God would rather you live for him. And if you live for him, you can die with him. But if we don't live for him, we cannot die with him. Are you listening? Peter said, Lord, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go with you, Lord. I'm going to follow your ways. I'm going to go where you go. I'm going to lodge where you lodge. Wasn't that what Ruth and Naomi and all of them said? They left the house of bread, went down to the wash pot. I, I don't think half the folks this morning really got what that wash pot was. When you washed off the feet, the dung and everything went into the wash pot. They might have been a hundred people at that banquet. So that's 200 feet that was washed off in the wash pot. So what all was in that wash pot? Yeah, that's right. And that's what he said Moab was. Church, what are we? Peter said, can I paraphrase this and you understand it? Peter said, I'm a free will Baptist. I'll go with thee. We'll go to prison. I'll even die with you. I'm a free will Baptist. Am I in the right field, Brother Terry? Sometimes we put more emphasis on the shingle outside than we do the hard inside. I'm a free will Baptist. Peter said, Lord, I'll go with you. You look at these big muscles. You look, you know I got a quick temper. You know I'm ready to fight for you. Am I with you? (laughs) I'll even die with you, Lord. And the Lord looked at him and said, Uh, I'm going to help somebody or kill them dead. He said, Peter, before that cock crows in the morning, you're going to deny me three times. Lord, I'll go prison and death. Said, you got those three things? Let me show you. You're going to deny me three times. You can boast all you want to, Peter, but when the rubber meets the road, Peter, you're still human. And Peter, you're trying to rely on yourself. Instead of saying, with the help of God, I'll go with you. With the help of God, I'll stand with you. With the help of God, I'll die with you. Peter throwed his chest out and said, Lord, I. I'm the best free will Baptist they got down there at Charity's Mission. I'm one of the best members. I'm one of the elite. And the Lord said, you know, if you just remember what I told you just five seconds ago, 
Satan has a desire to sift you. He's fixing to rake you over the sifter. He's going to shake you. See what blows away and what falls out and what will stay. (laughs) Has anybody ever sifted wheat the old-fashioned way? You sift it on a sifter and you throw it up and the wind will carry the chaff away. It don't take much of a breeze to blow it away either. Actually, the motion of the sifter a lot of times will create enough breeze that the chaff will blow away. You'll have a whole screen full and you're shaking it and part of it's falling out the bottom. Then you flip it like that and part of it blows away. And when you get done, you look down there and say, where'd all that go to? It was all chaff. There'll be a handful of goodness left. And you're thinking, well, that's a lot of work for such a little outcome. <laughs> Has anybody ever reaped wheat? I was just a little bitty feller. Does everybody know what a mowing size is? You know what a cradle is on a mowing size? It's like fingers, like that. It sticks up when you cut that wheat, it'll lay in that cradle. And you'll stand it up. And it'll stand there. Or you'll lay it over in a pile. Then they come through and they bundle it up. Then they take it over there and they thrash it. Then they pick it up, put it on the sifter, and they sift it. Now that ain't counting they done plowed. They done planted. They done weeded. This is just in the harvesting. And I can tell you right now, 99 out of 100 in this building that's ever set in this building say, I'm going to Ingalls. This just ain't worth it. But you sure smack your lips on that biscuit, don't you? Stay with me, I'm getting to a point when somebody else is already plowed, somebody else is already planted, somebody else harvested, somebody else sifted it, somebody else ground it, somebody else put it in a bag, somebody else brought it to the store, and it killed you to buy it and make a biscuit out of it. Peter, Satan has a desire to sift you. You got a lot on you and you're looking good and and you look good to the world. But when he sifts you, what's going to be left? And he said, Lord, I have. I'm going. Are you with me? I've got it all in control. I'm going with you, Lord. I'm going to prison with you or we'll die together. Not so, Peter. And you know the story of what happened to Peter. It got to the point where he cursed. Cussed. In just a few short hours or moments, however you want to put it, he denied him three times. Now he just bragged and boasted, I'll go with you, I'll go to prison with you, and I'll go to death with you. 
Do you know how many stood up in this church and said, Preacher, I'll go all the way with you? They're not even in church anymore. Preacher, we'll die in the battle together. And they're not in the battle anymore. See, what happened was Satan got them on that sifter. Have you ever thought this in your Christian walk? Boy, being a Christian's rough. It's tough. You know, being a Christian has limits. Being a Christian has things you can do and you cannot do. Being a Christian has obligations and commitments. I'm obligated because Jesus saved me. Stay with me. Don't let me lose you. I'm obligated because he saved me to prove that he saved me. How do I prove that? Well, when I'm on the sifter, everything don't blow away. There'll be a little bit left. <laughs> Stay with me. I'm going to tie something together here to help you. And the man of God said to the widow, make me a, a little cake first. Uh, she done told him, said, I ain't got but a handful of meal and a little oil. Now think about this. She's got, not my old big hand, one of these young ladies that's got a little bitty hand. And that's all I got. And you want me to make you one first? Uh, ain't going to leave much for me and Junior. I'm going to help you tonight. Everything you've ever given to God will come back. Some 10, some 20, some 60, some 100 fold. See what what the question was, Make me a little cake. He didn't say take all of that and feed me. He didn't even say how big or how little. He said just make me a little cake. Do you know if you give God a little, he'll make a bunch out of it? I mean, if you give him a little time, a little talent, a little treasure, he'll make something out of it. And because of her obedience... Her flour barrel never ran dry. Peter, Peter, are you listening, Peter? Are you listening, Peter? You're going to deny me. I can see his chest puffed out, can't you? Not me. I'm going to help you, Brother Terry. I'm the pastor. Devil can't get me. I'm the pastor. Well, Terry would tell you, and Chris will find this out in later years, that's who he's after. He's after us before he's after you. Because if he can get us, how many little ones will be knocked off track? One of the first things that was told me when I got saved, Preacher Carl Rowland whispered in my ear, he said, son, you just became an ambassador for Christ. I wish I could remember her name. You might remember, Joe. She said on the back, very back row, little skinny woman. I think she was kin to Mamaw Edwards. 
She come up and whispered to me. She said, these young folk are watching you. Do you know what a load that is to carry as a young man, 32 years of age, and just got saved? And I look around and say, they're watching me? Peter, they're watching you. Peter, let me tell you what's going to happen. You've bragged and you've boasted what you're going to do. Now let me tell you what Satan's going to do. And then I'm going to remind you. Satan is going to have you deny me publicly. Three times for the cock crows. And when that cock crows, you're going to remember. How many of us has heard the cock crow? It's time we get back. Naomi and Ruth went back to the house of bread. No amen on that? Ophrah went her way doing her thing. And you heard what happened to her. Her lineage led to the giant Goliath and his brothers. And I thought about how the Bible said, even to the fourth and fifth generation, what I do will affect my grandchildren and my great-grandchildren. And I'll tell you one thing, I love my children. And I've done some pretty sorry things in my life, but I ain't never wanted to hurt one of my grandchildren or or great-grandchildren. But things that I've did already is either swaying them to God or away from God. My faithfulness to the house of God is showing them to be faithful. You want to know why I come and preach when when I really shouldn't? Because I want my children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren to see Papa's faithful. No matter how he hurts, no matter the troubles and trials and tribulations, he's going to go with God. Even though Satan is sifting him. Now if you think being a Christian is easy, let me inform you the devil has lied to you. Being a Christian is a whole lot harder than being a drunk. (laughs) A whole lot harder than being a dope addict. Whoremonger. You can do anything you want to and be in that crowd. But to be a Christian, you've got to follow the Lord. Put the Lord in His proper place. Say, Lord, I will go with you with your help. Lord, if you'll strengthen me, I'll stand. See, nowhere in there did he say, God, if you'll help me, I'll do these things. He just kept saying, I will. I will. So what about it tonight, church? If we're going to go forward, we're going to have to say, Lord, if you'll help us. If you'll strengthen us. Lord, strengthen my people. Strengthen my preacher brothers. Strengthen the musicians as they sing, as the singers sing. Strengthen our choir. 
strengthen, Lord, our Sunday school. Let Brother Richard be anointed from on high that he can teach us the word of God. And let it find a lodging place. Lord, with your help, all of these are possible. But Lord, I know tonight Satan has a desire to sift us. And what don't fall through, he hopes it'll blow away. Brother Richard, I'll not mention his name, but you know probably who I'm talking about. Stood right here and preached. And he's a drunk tonight. Stood right here and said how much I love God for many years. Divorced and an alcoholic now. So don't tell me that Satan can't sift you. And get you out of the house of God. And friend, let me tell you something. You may not realize it, but when you're laying in the ditch line of life and you're taking your life's breath, Satan's laughing at you. I throwed him a counterfeit and he took it hook, line, and sinker. Peter, you will deny me. (laughs) Not me, Lord. Got that chest puffed out there? I know the Bible. (laughs) Can I remind you of something? Satan knows this word. (laughs) Satan knows all about this book. And Satan knows where we're at. I may weigh 360 pounds, but without God, I am nothing. Without him in the proper place in my life, I can do nothing. I have a desire to do something for the Lord. When they lay me in my casket, if I go that way or or by the rapture, I want somebody to be able to look over me and say, honestly, he fought a good fight. He finished his course. And he is offered up to ever be with the Lord. And that's my wish for all of us. That at the end of our life that nobody will have to tell a lie over our casket. And make up and turn around and say, did he go to heaven? Do you think he made it? No, I want him to be able to say, I know he made it. And he said, I tell thee, Peter, the cock shall not crow this day before thou shalt thrice deny that thou knowest me. <laughs> Let us stand. You're here tonight with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, and you say, Preacher, I've not denied him. Rethink that, will you? You see, when you think about it, if we're not obedient, When the Holy Spirit moves, we're denying Christ. If we're not really yielding to the Holy Spirit when the Holy Spirit moves, some are already coming to pray. What about you? Isn't it time you say tonight, Lord, I know. 
I know, Lord, I've denied you. I know you told me I would. And, Lord, I've come back. And Peter went out and thousands were saved. You have that desire tonight for the Lord? Come unto him. Come up here and say, Lord, I'll do it if you'll help me. Let the Lord move in your heart tonight. Come.